Blog Talk Radio. Interviewing your favorite musicians, comedians, and other creative souls. This is the Carrie Edelman Show. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Carrie Edelman Show. We have an awesome rock band coming on tonight named Venrez, and Ven, the lead singer, will be calling in momentarily to come on the air and talk about their album, which is currently out, titled American Illusion. So it's going to be a great night tonight. We're going to be promoting these guys, plugging their album, playing some singles off of it, and also learning about this band's musical journey, along with some other interesting uh, tidbits and facts about these guys. So before I bring them on, I just want to introduce my show for anyone new who's tuning in tonight. can't believe it's been approximately two years since I launched the show. I came up with the forum in mind to create a forum where I could bring people on in the entertainment industry to really help support them and help them spread their name and uh, get the word out there. A little bit about myself. I'm a clinical psychologist. That's what my doctorate is in. And I also am a singer-songwriter with a solo artist album out. I write for some magazines. And then I thought, what a better thing to do than combine my passion for interviewing people and uh, the entertainment industry to create a forum so that I could support people. So I'm going to show you you're going to get a really good taste of what these people's lives are like, what it's like to be in their profession, a couple of things I ask that people keep in mind. Although I mentioned I'm a clinical psychologist and I'm a huge fan of comedy, um, my show is not meant to provide uh, any type of formal therapy, but we do sometimes pull some psychology into it because it always makes it interesting. And also I like for my guests to feel grounded and down to earth to discuss whatever they'd like, but if they're going to, you know, potentially telling the uh, humiliating or embarrassing stories just to keep any identifying information about specific persons' names, organizations, et cetera, um, out of the story. But, again, I want people to share stories. That's one of the things that people have complimented my show on is that it's not a typical interview. This is not just kind of throwing basic questions about what are your influences. We really get to know our guests on my show. So if you're tuning in, please create a Blog Talk Radio account by going to blogtalkradio.com. You can join us in the chat room. I have a chat room open, and also you can call in at 805-243-1320. But since I'm a one-person show, I will be focused primarily on the interview. So, again, feel free to call in. Feel free to type something in the chat room, and I will try to go back and forth through the windows. So Venrez tonight is this amazing band, and I'm honored to have them on. They're joining so many other national acts that I've really been fortunate to have on my show, including the hard rock band Soil, I Empire, Otherwise, Candlelight Red, um, Eve to Adam, Art of Dying, and the list goes on. So please, everyone, check out the podcast. I know sometimes people can't tune into live shows, so the podcasts are available. Download them, stream them. We also, I've also interviewed comedians on my show, filmmakers, um, and a lot of other interesting people. So again, find what you're interested in and uh, go to the site and pick something that you'd like to download and check out. All right, so Venrez, let's talk a little bit about them, and then I'm going to bring the lead singer, Ven, on the air. Okay, so tonight, as I mentioned earlier, we're going to be uh, supporting their new album, American Illusion, and this is a follow-up album to the initial album that they put out called Sell the Why, which is also, you know, an amazing album, so everyone needs to check out that album, too, in addition to American Illusion, which we are going to promote tonight play a couple of hits off of it um to me personally and it it is a different sound for me and that's something i really actually have enjoyed about this band it's unique it's original these guys are combining elements of classic rock and grunge 
still has a modern rock uh, twist to it with some edginess, some grittiness. So it's really cool what these guys are doing. Zen's voice is just very raw. It's emotional. He has deep, meaningful lyrics, and it really can pull the listener in. Um, some of the influences that these guys have been comparable to, and I can kind of hear it throughout their songs, too, some Alice in Chains, some Audio Slave, The Doors. So they're really, again, incorporating, incorporating, excuse me, um, an eclectic mix of uh, music and influences. The band has toured with Slash, Alice and Cooper, Alice Cooper, sorry, and Fuel. And um, tonight we're going to play their hit single or Unforeseen, as well as I'm going to pick one of the songs that I personally liked off the album. But there was many. Some of the ones I was listening to before when I was working out, I love. Free Will, Hunger, Temptress of the Moon was just, I had to actually repeat that a couple of times. That's a great track. So uh, become a fan of these guys. Visit them at zenreztheband.com, and that is spelled Z-E-N-R-E-Z, theband.com. And you have to follow them on Facebook. I'm going to ask them tonight. I'm fascinated about the number of followers these people have, uh, 360 plus thousand followers. So definitely become a fan of them on Facebook, and we'll talk about all the other places that you can uh, check these guys out. And lastly, I definitely want to thank Chip Ruggieri from Chipster PR and Consulting Incorporated for coordinating this interview with me. I've worked with him with other bands, and uh, it's a pleasure to work with him. So if someone's looking for a great PR firm for their music, uh, definitely check out Chipster PR Consulting Incorporated. So with that being said, I think I've, I've given a hopefully a good enough intro for Van. Let's bring him on. Hey, Ben, how are you? Hey, I'm doing great. How are you? Good. Thank you for joining me. I, I hope I did a nice intro and, and gave you justice in the band. <laughs> <laughs> I liked what you've said so far. Thank you. <laughs> well, I like your music. It's it's great stuff that you guys going on. As I said, it's definitely different from some of the stuff that I've listened to, so I'm really happy that uh, Chip turned me on to you guys. Thank you, Carrie. It's good to hear. Yeah. Cool, cool. So let's start out by um, tell me a little bit about yourself personally, growing up. You know, how did you get interested in music? Tell us a little bit about your background. Well, I'm a, a Los Angeles native. I was born in L.A. Uh, okay. And, um, you know, so I, I kind of grew up listening to radio hits primarily of, the you know, the, the late 60s and the 70s bands, primarily the Stones, you know, and Zeppelin and the Doors and those those type of bands. <clears throat> pretty much shut down in the 80s and then, you know, picked up getting more interested in what was out there in the 90s. Um, started singing and writing poetry probably about the age of nine and, uh, you know, propelled into a songwriting career and, and having the honor to be able to front, you know, the band I'm currently with, Venray, which I think is you know, a pretty powerful rock band. Yeah, definitely. So let's digress a little bit. So around nine years old, you're, that's when you're writing, as you said, you got into writing poetry, um, lyrics, and stuff like that. Did you have any formal training growing up in terms of vocally, or is this something that just comes naturally to you? Yeah, it was just, excuse me, <clears throat> a natural thing. Um, I started writing poetry at nine. You know, I went to uh, the University of Missouri, which has the best journalism school in the country. I wanted to be a writer. Okay. And um, I have some I have some OCD and ADHD issues, so developing characters and writing five, six hundred page novels this was very tedious for me. And uh, at around uh, seventeen and a half, uh, I had a good friend who was a, a really good guitarist, 
Um, yeah, and it was some rich kid drummer who had a rehearsal studio and a, and a drum kit, and we found a bass player, and we started jamming around for a few months. And, and you know, right about the time it started to get somewhere, you know, the, the rhythm section kind of flaked out. You know, L.A. is not like Liverpool or the U.K. Where <laughs> day, yeah, yeah, you've got all these people like, you know, the Stones and the Beatles to pull from. And I just kind of felt, you know what, here was my opportunity, and it went. And I just walked away mainly because there were no wealth of musicians to hook back up with to put something together. Um, okay. And I thought, you know, I just thought it was just never going to happen. And, you know, you flash forward many years later, and uh, what happened was um, I had a PA system, and my way of working out was to, I had all these playlists on my iPod, and I'd plug it into the system and grab my mic. And I'd sing and dance around for about an hour. And, you know, I have some powerful friends in the music industry over 20 years who didn't know I could sing. Mm -hmm. And one of them had uh, forgotten something at my home and asked if he could come and get it. I said, I'd leave the door open. And he walked in about, you know, halfway through my workout set, uh, which was really kind of karaoke. And I felt the presence. (laughs) You know, you can feel when someone's around you. I turned around, his mouth was open. He's like, we're going into the studio. And I'm like, no, we're not. He said, we're going, so wait, we're going in to record. And I'm like, no, we're not. I'm too old to even think about that. And he goes, no, we're doing it. And uh, so let's literally be let's within digress. a couple months. Let's digress yeah. a little bit because I think this is the, that's the cool part you're getting up to. But I want to hear a little bit more about what's in the middle. So you're saying around 17 years old, you know, you're, you're dabbling in some bands and you can't find the right people. And believe me, I know what you're talking about. It's a nightmare sometimes out there. Did you and did you right. go to the University of Missouri? Did you end up going there? Yeah, I uh, I did. I ended up going there, and um, and I and wanted to be a writer. In, right. You know, did you major English in journalism? journalism. Yeah, English journalism, and also you know, I had a double. I had a, a few majors. I love history, and a lot okay. of. Uh, besides, you know, and I write the lyrics uh, to our songs. So you know, I write. Uh, a friend of mine calls them science fiction songs, but they're really not. They're based on historical events and cultures, as well as writing mm-hmm. about, you know, current current hopes, dreams, experiences, and, you know, my jabs at uh, po- the political corporate greed governments. Um, so I did have major in English journalism and then and then American history and, and okay. also European, his- European history as well. And... Uh, I got uh, my degree in those, and then I kind of got bored a little later and, and actually went to law school, which uh, wow. benefited me benefited me quite quite a bit in dealing with attorneys and contracts and those type of things that we we deal in in life and especially in the music business. So it's powerful to know what they know and and not to be you know not be uh, not not be taken no advantage of, right? To, Correct. Yeah, correct. That's correct. I mean, it's just good to know what they know, and they can't pull anything over on me. None of them. Which so is did you? Then did you ever? Thing. Did you ever practice law? No, I, I didn't. I just went for the education. I kind of felt that I was getting stagnant. My vocabulary seemed to be dropping, and uh, you know, being around mm-hmm. a lot of people that that weren't very you know intellectually articulate, and. Uh, I've always been the kind of person to push myself and strive towards excellence. And, uh, nice. And so I, so I figured if I went to law school, that might solve it, and it did. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Kind so of while you're doing my eyes from all that reading, 
Well, you kind of remind me of myself in a way because, I mean, I have my master's and doctorate both in clinical psychology and went to school, you know, for probably like you, you know, a long time. But um, so while you're going to school and you're getting all this education, were you in bands at the time too or no? Were you pretty, pretty much focused on school after the whole, you know, when you were younger trying to get this thing going and it just wasn't working out? No, you know, my story's kind of like the movie The Natural with Robert Redford, you know, where he's this 18-year-old high school prodigy, the Yankees sign, and he leaves his Nebraska farm home and his childhood girlfriend and gets intrigued by the black widow, Barbara Hershey, on the train who shoots him with the silver bullet. And he walks away and comes back you know, in his late 30s and, and helps uh, through the farm system and gets drafted to a major league team in trouble and, <laughs> and helps them uh, win the pennant. So my story is similarly like that. You know, 17, 18 in a band, walked away from it, and, you know, okay. flash forward many years later, you know, that kind of a thing. So after you graduate from school and you got your law degree and, and all these other degrees, which is amazing, I mean, congratulations for all of your accomplishments and everything, were you Thank working full-time before you started to, like you said, fast-forward years later, get into the music? Yeah, I just continued with my fascination of history, and, you know, I dealt in, um, you know, rare art and what they call autographs. And, and, and some people may confuse autographs with, you know, the signature of a famous person, but, you know, I dealt in letters written by, you know, the presidents, Abraham Lincoln, to founding fathers like Benjamin Franklin and Alexander Hamilton. And I mean, I even handled the deed to the Mayflower and Einstein's 72 page manuscript on the black hole theory. Wow. Wow. Very impressive. So you're doing that. And then when does, like you said, about how many years later are we looking at that you're kind of singing in your house and your friend just randomly walks in and is like, what what are you doing? You're, you could be an amazing rock star. What are you doing here? <laughs> well, what can I do to answer your questions without revealing too much? Uh, right, was, right, right, right. It was you know close to 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 two decades, over two decades wow. later when that happened. Yeah, you know right. when, it, when when that happened, he he put me in the studio. The funny thing was, you know, I was living with a, a friend of mine. Uh, now over 23 years, uh, Tommy Joho Johnson, who's a singer-songwriter, uh, and uh, yeah, we had a big, I had a big apartment with a big sun deck up in the Hollywood Hills, and he had an idea to build a, a tiki bar out there, and I said, <laughs> go ahead and do it, and the next thing I knew, all these people were out there, and you know, Jason Womack was one of them, and Jason I called a professor because he's a genius. He was actually Juliet Lewis and the Lex original bass player. I know, that's amazing. Uh, and while he was out there swabbing my deck, you know, with paint, and then Tommy <laughs> said, hey, uh, you know, uh, let's go see Jason play. And I said, oh, he plays? And, and I realized, you know, we went and saw Petty Cash, which is a band which was basically made up of Juliet Lewis and the Licks' original members. And he mm-hmm. was up there and just blew, blew me away. And, like, when he came off the stage, I said, you can't work for me anymore. <laughs> he was really <laughs> Uh, little did I know uh, that we team up to be what I think is a pretty powerful songwriting team. We've we've, we've written an awful lot of, of what I think are good songs together. But you know, they were all little uh, you know really accomplished musicians. You know, another one was Michael Bradford, uh, who's mm-hmm. 
Jason's childhood friend. Uh, they've been playing music together since 15. He's our bassist. Yep. Uh, even Dewey Bragg was out there helping. Who's the who's now you know the, the lead singer in Kill Devil Hill? Uh, you know the band with the bassist from Pantera. Uh, wow. And so you know, and then we brought Eddie Davis in, who was Juliet Lewis's drummer, and Jason was having a a uh, uh, what do you call that when you're having a baby baby shower? And he was having his first child, and I went over there, and Eddie was there, and I'm like, hey, Eddie, because he plays in Petty Cash. They do uh, Tom Petty and Johnny Cash covers. They're a pretty well-known band. Okay. And uh, Hank, Avril Lavigne, people like that pop in when they play and sing, you know, finales with them and such. And uh, I said, what's up? And he's like, well, I'm broke and I don't have a job. And I said, well, you got one. So that's how we all got <laughs> together. And Alex came from Life, Sex, and Death, front man from Anti-Product, guitar player, and uh, Marky Ramones, Blitzkrieg, who I'd known since uh, uh, he he left, uh, LSD broke up. Okay. Um, we brought we brought him in, and, and this current uh, version of guys have been together now for about three years. Next month, I think, will be about three years. We've done six world tours, and uh, as you amazing. You know, American Illusion is our sophomore album together, which uh, released on July 30th. You know, we did sell the lie. Uh, you know, I think we were a talented band who who were new together, who could play. And uh, we knew the songs and went in the studio and recorded what I feel is a good album. I, I'm real proud of it, but American Illusion's mm-hmm. really first album as a band. And I Talk think our you. fans... I think our fans really can, can sense that difference. That's awesome. So let me ask you a quick question because it seems like you said you had this kind of itch and this kind of passion inside of you since you were, you know, 17 years old. How did mm-hmm. you over all those years, I guess, did you ever say to yourself, gosh, am I maybe missing out on something or should I try to get involved in another band? Did you try to over the years, you know, maybe make it work again and, and find a group or did you just say... I had a really bad experience when I was younger, and it's just, for whatever reason, not meant to be. No, I, you know, it wasn't really a bad experience. It was a really good experience. And, um, you know, we were down there doing it, and I'm sure the rich kid's family, his parents, had had many, listened to many noisy things going on down there. But when we started playing together, and I started singing, and they came down there with eyes wide open. So I knew mm-hmm. we'd had a shot, but there was, you know, when I walked away from it, I walked away from it just figuring, you know, that didn't happen. There were no wealth of musicians that I could find, and and right. I, I seem to be—I'm a pretty realistic guy, so I just figured, you know what, it's just never going to happen. And I, I went on to other things. In the '90s, I did some producing and managing of some bands, oh, and cool. I was very—I was very frustrated. I managed a couple bands who got major recording contracts. Deep Julia, fronted by the tremendously talented Shannon Moore. Uh, I had another band, which started off as uh, uh, as Cassandra Screams and then uh, broke up and went on to try again as a a band called Crackpot. Okay. The problem was primarily that, you know, I just didn't believe that the singer-songwriters that were fronting the band there seem to be some fear factors of success. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, I know no fear, 
and is their business mind behind them, you know, I could set them up and give them the opportunities, but I couldn't deliver. You know, they had to deliver. And I always right. thought to myself, you know, if I was in that situation, we'd be over the top. Right. And so, you know, now that I'm in the driver's seat, we've really gotten somewhere. So my theory was correct. It's just that I never thought what's happening now would ever happen. But it did. Wow. So, gang, that's never amazing. Give up your never give up your dreams. That's for sure. You're never too old to accomplish them. You know, I don't think many guys my age started a band and have toured six times. I don't think anybody has. There's guys my age out there doing it, but they, they made it 20, 30 years ago. There's right. no new right. bands with guys my age. I have two albums out and who've done six world tours, nor have opened for legends such as Slash and Alice Cooper. It, it, what I've done, I, and I am humble, but it is kind of unheard of. And I only right. say that <laughs> not to be conceited, but to send the message to all those people out there that it's never too late, don't give up your dreams. That That's what I'm trying to say to everyone. Yeah, I think you put it very well. And I think, like you said, I think it's very good to be humble, but I think it's, like you said, it's, it's kind of an anomaly on some level that, you know, here you are and, and you, you pushed yourself and this was a dream you had and, and you made it happen. And like you said, it's something to really be proud of and to show people that, don't give up, and you need to persevere. So I think it's I think it's great, Ben. Really awesome. Well, look, thank you. I mean, you know, literally, I did not step on stage and and sing live with the band ever uh, until wow. this band. Oh my god! And that was that was November of two thousand nine, and I didn't write my first, and I wasn't writing the music. And I mean, Jason wasn't writing the music. Another guy right. was at the time. The first version of Ben Ray was a different band than it is today. And uh, I wasn't writing the lyrics or the music. Someone else was. And uh, we walked into a sold-out Viper room at 10 o'clock at night, and I walked out on stage for the first time ever. It's also garnered a lot of resentment from my <laughs> from you, other bands I tour with and such. Well, it's garnered some resentment and jealousy from other bands on the road, you know, lifers. You know, they look at me at like, you know, here's this guy's been doing it four years and he's accomplished more in four years than I have in 25 and I get a lot of resentment and jealousy and, and nasty comments and stuff. I don't really pay attention to it. I'm not right. concerned with what other bands and, and players that have been around a long time have to think. You know, my sole purpose is you know, to write my songs, deliver my message, go on stage with my band and, uh, you know, give, and give our fans, you know, the absolute best I can do out there for the time I'm on stage. Cool. Very cool. Well, let's do this because I want to talk a lot about the album and, and some other interesting things I was reading about you. So why don't we talk about Unforeseen because we're going to debut that tonight and uh, check that song out. And I did read something interesting that you guys had noted in your bio about the uh, the meeting and, and how this song kind of came to be, which I thought was just hysterical in terms of the story and, and how you guys, <laughs> the little story behind it. So why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Well, I'm not sure which story you want to, you're talking about. There's been so much put out there. By our I guess the PR one, firm. the one that maybe I can lead into it a little bit. The one where it's about a guy that you met backstage on a tour in France. Well, yeah, that was uh, that was funny. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Philippe uh, was. Yeah, we were we were doing a big show in France. I think it was Lyon, and um, he wanted to get. He wanted to come. He tried to slip in backstage, and security stopped him. And he actually wanted an autograph from um, 
Tracy Guns, uh, you know, who was he's the guitar player, the original guitar player actually in Guns N' Roses, and yeah. and formed L.A. Guns, and uh, you know Tracy just wasn't into it, so he also wanted an autograph from us, and uh, I grabbed Jason and said, "Let's go find this guy downstairs." After they threw him threw him down there because he was just drunk and screwed up, <laughs> and. Uh, I think people don't understand it. So he he ended up getting thrown out of the club as we were coming down there for crap and in the in the women's bathroom sink. But I, not that I really don't blame him, really, because you know, for those of you who don't know, those clubs in France, you know, there's no toilet. <laughs> and you you oh go in there, there's a gosh. hole in the ground, and you literally got to drop your pants and squat. So we we oh went out of you know, some of those countries in Europe are like that. So we carry our own toilet paper with us and. You know, we try to make sure we go to the bathroom at the hotel or something and <laughs> not have to go to the bathroom when we're, we're at the venue. A lot of people don't understand how screwed up it is touring, especially in Europe with that kind of a situation. You take wow. things for granted. But that's really what happened. And so when I was writing American Illusion, you know, I thought about drug abuse and alcoholism and crazy things people do and how, you know, there's one version of a person when they're clean and sober and another when they're not. Uh, and, and, and I wrote the song, and I think that uh, director Natalie Bibway, uh, she directed a film called Windsor Drive. My wife had one of the major roles in it. I'd seen the uh, – we went to the premiere of it, and I just thought that this this 24-year-old director, this female director, was just uh, brilliant. And wow. so I asked her to – to direct our first studio video on For Sane. And the single and uh, the video released on June 18th, and, of course, you know, the album released on, on July 30th. Uh, the first single was supposed to be the second track on the album, Sanctity. And the video for that, I wanted uh, Nick Cage's brother, my good friend Christopher Coppola, who's a feature mm-hmm. film director, to, to direct it because I liked his concept. The problem was he was his schedule was too busy to direct and shoot the film in time for it to be the first one. So Unforeseen is the first single out. But the second single, Sanctity, and the music video is now done. In fact, I got the final edit literally three days ago. And we'll be releasing that probably you know towards the end of the year. Cool. Very cool. Well, thank you for sharing all that. We're going to definitely uh, check out Unforeseen right now. So I'm going to put you on hold. All right, and then we'll come okay. back and talk a lot more about the album and some other good stuff with you guys. Okay. All right, hold on then. All right, everyone, you are listening to the lead singer, Ven, from Ven Ray, and I apologize because I think I mispronounced the band's name a couple times in the beginning of the interview. So we're going to check out Unforeseen. Please pick up a copy of their album, American Illusion. It is out now. You can go to the website, venraytheband.com. Check them out on iTunes, and uh, we'll be back in a moment. Thank you. 
Welcome back to the Carrie Edelman Show. Amazing hit single, Unforeseen. So check out the video and pick up a copy of their album, which is titled American Illusion, out now. And we'll bring Ven back on in a moment. Just want to do a couple of quick plugs for some sponsors of the show. Be sure to check out Talent Spotlight Magazine by going to talentspotlightmagazine.net. It's an online magazine. They do interviews with just artists filmmakers, comedians, and all different types of people in the entertainment industry. They really do some really nice write-ups and uh, comprehensive interviews, so check them out. Also, be sure to check out Davin's Den if you're a fan of comedy, as I am also. Let me find out my information right here. 
Davin's Den is a fast-paced podcast featuring comedians Davin Rosenblatt, Joe Curry, and Pip Helix. So if you're looking for a show that can make you think and laugh at the same time, then Davin's Den is the show for you. They go live Tuesday nights at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time to watch live episodes, hear or watch old episodes, or to find out more about the show, go to Davin's Den at davincomedy.com. And uh, if you're a fan of Howard Stern, these guys do some really cool stuff. Not copying anyone, but they definitely have a nice, edgy show that really uh, combines a lot of different uh, dynamics. So check them out. All right, let's bring Ven back on. All right, Ven, awesome, awesome song. I love that track. Thank you. Very cool. That was the one that hooked me in because when uh, Chip sent me the email saying, you know, here's some bands to check out, and I texted you guys out. I was, went to that one right away, and I was like, yeah, I like this stuff. <laughs> Really cool. Yeah, it was uh, probably the the appropriate first. You know, I think Sanctity is the more commercial song on the album, and Unforeseen is definitely it's definitely the rockiest song on the album. It's the band, including my favorite song on the album. So, the conflicting schedule with Coppola made it the first single, and and, and I and I believe you know what. Had things worked out differently with scheduling for shooting the video, it wouldn't have been. But I think. God always has a plan because it was the appropriate first song to release, I think. And the a la Leonard Skinner double guitar solos and a breakdown with Alex Kane and Jason Womack, I, I just loved. Her yeah, fans seem to dig it, too. Definitely, definitely. Is that song getting some radio play right now? Where where do you have that song currently? Yeah. Now? Well, <clears throat> You know, unfortunately, not in the United States. Uh, there is no radio play in the United States for for any new band that's uh, broke in the last 25 years. You know, Black Rebel Motorcycle Club. Uh, he's just finishing up a bit. You know, Big Tour's not on radio. Nickelback's not even on the radio anymore. Now, U.S. radio is very controlled, and they're not playing mm-hmm. any new music. But, uh, they don't wish to help create hits. They only wish to play hits. What about so, what about um, Did you ever? Did you ever check out like uh, the satellite radio? Um, you know, uh, we we we've made a lot of noise with YouTube and videos, and uh, particularly on internet radio, that's really listened okay. to by young young kids around the world. Our, our number one age group of fans is thirteen to seventeen, eighteen years old. Wow. Our second group group is eighteen to twenty four. And then it seems to drop off dramatically after that. So, you know, 13 to 24 is really what you want. Right. Uh, anyway. And so Definitely. it's kind of funny because there's a lot of Justin Bieber and One Direction fans that love us. So I get kind of confused <laughs> by that because I like to boil <laughs> well, both those ads in the oil. Yeah. I mean, I'm just saying personally, I mean, the station I listen to a lot is Octane. I mean, I totally could hear that song on Octane. On uh, Sirius Section Satellite. I mean, it's just to me, it's just like perfect fit for that. It's just crazy. But again, like well, you, you said, think I mean, so, but they don't—they don't really want to play any of it. Uh, you know, some of the DJs do, but the playlists are tight. Right. Compete with with the Foo Fighters and Coldplay. You're just—you're just not going to do it. I mean, yeah, right. Guns and Roses was on the road for 14, 15 months, opening with Molly Crew and other bands blowing everybody off the stage and it was 18 months before they finally played because they were forced to Welcome to the Jungle which is probably one of the top 10 radio rock hits of all time if you took any of the top 10 Aerosmith hits or Rolling Mm -hmm. Stone hits 
and removed the memory of those bands from everybody on earth and sent any one of those top ten hits to radio today. They wouldn't play any of them. No, no. Right. So that, right. that's what you're facing in today's world. It's kind of sad. And, of course, commercial radio really helps drive things. But today, you have to tour and, and do sync licensing and get, get a song, you know, into some sort of uh, cable television Location. show or commercial or right. something like that. We have we have people working on that for us right now. But Internet radio is where we've been discovered, and it's led to almost 370,000 likes on our Facebook page. So they know who we are out there, and they are buying our music. Uh, thank you, that's all you awesome. great fans out there. That's great. So that's... That's been the secret behind, because I was going to bring that up a little later on, but since she kind of brought the topic up already, yeah, with those 370,000 fans that you guys have accumulated, that's through just social media, you're saying, networking and being on the Internet stations. Right. You, you know, between between Internet Radio and Reverb Nation, which seems which is tied into Facebook, et cetera, we have over half right. a million active fans. Wow. Um, and that and that sounds that is a pretty big number, you know. But uh, it is primarily, you know, clearly there's hundreds of thousands of young kids out there that are going to internet radio uh, to discover new bands. And uh, you know, like if you go to hear an Allison Chain song on some of them, or Stone right. Temple Pilots, Soundgarden, Audio Slave, something like that, you know, they'll have a little blurb there, like, well, if you like Allison Chains, check mm-hmm. out Ben Ray, you know. And that's right. how they're discovering us. Uh, and That's awesome. Not that we sound like Allison Chains because we don't, you know. But there hasn't been the type of dramatic two-part harmonies that Jason and I do in Venray since Lane Staley and, and and his guitar player. So, uh, you know, people miss it. You know, he's been dead for ten years plus. And mm-hmm. I've had people press come up to me after shows and say, "I thought Lane Staley died till I saw you," and things of that nature, which is which is a great compliment, you know. Absolutely. Because uh, I have I have those lower tones I go to at times, like Chris Cornell does and Jim Morrison did, mm-hmm. Lane Staley did. But I, I think I hit a, a bass baritone uh, tone, uh, which is very similar to Jim Morrison, and people really kind of identify with that more so than Chris Cornell or. Or Lane right. Staley, but you know, Chris and I are are two of the fewer artists out there that can really go low and high. And I think people really enjoy that rock and roll. Definitely, definitely. No, I mean, yeah, your range is very diverse, dynamic, and it's great. And like you said, it's not something that you hear a lot of today. So that's just another plus and bonus that you guys have in uh, Venray. <laughs> Thank you. So, um. So tell us a little bit about uh, how long did it take you guys to put this album together, American Illusion? When did you start writing it? And uh, tell us a little bit about some of the uh, writing process and, and who mixed it, who mastered it, all that good stuff in the production. Yeah, there's a good story there. I mean, when we recorded Sell the Lie, you know, I mean, most studio experiences are 12 noon to midnight lockouts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you go in there from 12 you know, noon to midnight, and you're in there for, you know, two, three, four weeks making an album, you know, very little sleep, everybody's exhausted, you're passing out on couches and living on fast food, and it's not a very pleasant experience. So, (laughs) you know, that's what happened with Sell the Lie, and uh, we were fortunate enough to where we were selling some music and got liquid enough to buy our our own gear. We have Mm -hmm. a mobile studio in Iraq, and we set it up, you know, in a room at my house, which was perfect for a recording studio. Uh, and, 
you know, we'd rehearse for shows and tours, and at our leisure, we'd just lay tracks, you know, at our leisure. And so we recorded uh, American Illusion probably over about a four-month period. Wow. You know, in a relaxed atmosphere in my house when we were in musical mode, you know, before and after rehearsal, like Jason and I'd work on stuff and say, hey, Mike, come up and lay a bass track on this. Hey, Alex, lay a guitar track on that. And uh, over a period of months, you know, we had all the music done. And then Jason and I concentrated going in together and getting the the lead and backing vocals done over about a two-week period. So I think it was done between three and four months in in a very leisurely, relaxed, and, and, and very enjoyable manner. Very cool, very cool. And then did you guys do any of the mixing, or did you, did you farm that stuff out to, you know, pick certain people you wanted involved? Well, on Sell the Lie, we had some budgetary constraints at that time in our career. So, you know, Jason and Eddie, Ed Davis, our drummer, actually mixed that album. Uh, and then uh, we did use uh, Brian Gardner and Bernie Grumman to, uh, to master the record. Uh, then with American Illusion... Um, it was mixed by uh, Matt Mitchell and Lucifer and mastered by uh, uh, Mr. Gardner again over Bernie Grumman. So we had, the, you know, we had the honor of having Matt Mitchell uh, mix the record. You know, he mixes and produces all the music for Lucifer, which is a pretty big act. I think he did a great job. Yes, no, definitely. It sounds really good. And, and I like the way they did your vocals, and I don't know if maybe you had some role in terms of how you wanted them to be, but... You know they're not too up in the mix, and they're just they're just kind of perfect in terms of what the the music and everything. So it's really cool. I like how they did that. No, thank you. I was happy with what they did. I mean, I pretty much <clears throat> told them what I wanted, and if they didn't mm-hmm. do it, then, then they'd be <laughs> mixing forever. <laughs> so I'm kind of happy with it. You know, the thing about rock and roll is kind of a different thing. I, you know, there's a lot of other artists out there. Uh, a great band called One Eyed Doll, uh, which is a two-piece with Kimberly Freeman uh, and okay. Jason Sewell, who plays uh, plays drums, and 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 they're a great band. And uh, and uh, you know she does a dark, heavy uh, kind of rocky metal thing. Yeah, but we 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 recorded a duet together recently, which uh, people will hear soon. Uh, that I wrote Whoa. with uh, my father. It's called Father's Sons. And we've recorded a new album called Godshot, which is just Jason and I doing a stripped down acoustic thing. So. You know, I think some singers, and Chris Cornell's doing a lot of it. He'll go out with Soundgarden, and they'll do the Chris Cornell thing, which is just him on an acoustic guitar. You cannot mm-hmm. go out and feature. You cannot feature what a what a singer you are in a five piece big rock band. Uh, right. The music just does not allow you to. But when you strip it down and and go acoustic and lay it down, slow it down, and then you can you can feature your vocal in a way where people can hear what you really can do. And that's why I think real artists like to do that. Now, some artists don't want to be under that microscope, but I, I, I really enjoy it. So, um, you know, in order for me to be able to do things with my voice that I really want to do for my fans, you know, I had to record a, a separate band, a separate album that's stripped down slower and acoustic. And Kim, uh, and I have wanted to do a duet for quite some time, Kimberly Freeman uh, from One Eyed Doll, and I and I think uh, people are going to really enjoy it. That album will probably come out in January, and it will be a, a whole bunch of new songs. It'll be Ven Ray's uh, Unplugged. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. Well, you'll definitely have to keep in touch with me, and we'll uh, 
look forward to bringing you back on to promote that too. So that sounds cool. Thank you. Looking forward to hearing that. Definitely. So how did you come up with the name Venray? How did that? uh... Well, I I didn't really come up with it. You know, um, two guys that were in the original band came up with it. They're not in the original band anymore. And I didn't get to finish that story, which ties into it. I told okay. you originally somebody else was writing the music and the lyrics, and we 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 did a big show at the Elbury Theater, and my my wife wasn't digging the music or the lyrics. I wasn't. Jason wasn't. I thought Jason might quit. And I walked off the stage, and a couple young kids came up to me like, "Wow, I really love that '80s music," and I really detest '80s music, so <laughs> I fired everybody in the band the next day except for Jason and I and I said you're in charge write the music and 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 we wrote um the first album which is called Which is Brew which is not with this group of guys it was okay. with some other guys that were in between the original band and what the band is today and I started writing my own songs I I knew I'd never have a shot unless I did and I didn't want to sing the words of anyone other than the ones I wrote you know mm-hmm. so so that that that's pretty much what happened from that point on. With yeah. that, and then I forgot the question you you asked because it ties well, what no. I just said. Well, tied what you just said. Yeah, that's fine. What's is there a meaning behind Ben Ray? Does it have any? Yeah, and then so what happened was two of the guys in the in between stage. Mhm. Because everybody got fired again before uh, <laughs> before the current members came together. But two of the guys in there decided to take, you know, my real name's Stephen Beret, B-E-R-E-Z. Right. So they took the N from Stephen and the R-E-Z from my last name, Beret, uh, and cool. came up with Venra, which I detested uh, at the time. But everybody pushed it on me. And, you know, and I, and I learned to, to like it. Shortly after that, but that's that's been the name of the band. The problem is some people think it's Van Rez, and some people know it's Van Ray. And I went through my whole life uh, people not knowing whether they're called Beret or Burrez. So we've right. had no problem calling us Van Ray or Van Rez. And we figured, you know what, we just go with it, no matter which way they say it. And figure, you know, if we're fortunate enough to break big one day, we'll fix up later. Cool. No, I like it. I mean, it definitely is. It's original. It's it's different, and you remember it. So cool. I like the little uh, little symbolism behind it. We're combining <laughs> your first and your last name. So that's cool. Very cool. All right, let's do this, and then we'll come back. And I want to ask you a few more questions, and you guys can you can talk about any upcoming shows you have, tours, etc. Okay. So tell us a little bit about this. Was I mean, again, I liked a lot. I liked hunger, and then before I was really, I was working out. I was really getting into the Temptress of the Moon, and it was just a beautiful song. I love that one, too. But um, the one I had uploaded a few days ago was Free Will. So tell us a little bit about that track. I really like that one. Um, yeah, you know, the girls seem to really like that track. Um, oh, really? We okay. Had, well, when we were deciding the first single, which ended up being Unforeseen, it was kind of at the time Free Will was the leader for quite some time. You know, when you're recording and you're in pre-production and you're mixing and, you know, you're recording all these new songs, you know, sometimes some of them sound like they're the single and then it ends up that it's something else. Um, right. And I, and I think Free, Free Will could have been a, could have been a single. Uh, it's about people's empty souls and, and finding ways other than fixing themselves to fill that empty soul. You know, in other words, there's no drug or sex or food or shopping 
that you mm-hmm. can do to, to fill the emptiness inside of, of yourself. And in my opinion, you need to learn to love yourself and forgive yourself and get rid of all the things that create that so you don't have that black hole sucking everything in. And that's what uh, free will is about. You know, famished is your free will, fine wine to wash down that pill, every color, shape, or size, you know. And that, cool. that that's pretty much what's about what it's about. And and you know the drinking and the pills could be shopping or sex or whatever you're you're overindulging Right, whatever you're uh, exactly, exactly. Nice. And so that's well, what I, that's what I really wrote the song about. You know, and then I like the movie okay. The Matrix. Is it the blue pill or the red pill? Every <laughs> every color, shape, or size. There's nothing on the table that you'll leave behind. And that's what needy people do. Have you ever met any people like that? There's nothing you can do for them and before, you know, they create another problem. It's just endless sucking of your oh, life, yeah. your energy. And, well, and that's, what, them, that's, what, that's what free will is about. Cool. Well, I'll give you a quick tutorial. Those are seriously personality-disordered individuals <laughs> that will <laughs> suck the life out of you. We could do a quick, uh, you know, again, like you said, coupled with, unfortunately, people who have, you know, drug and alcohol problems, eating problems, and all other types of compulsive behaviors. But, uh, yeah, if you feel someone's kind of sucking you in and they're just extremely irritable and probably a very personality disordered individual, so. <laughs> so maybe well, we have a new element. But I, but I write songs to help them, you know, if they, if they bother to listen. Yeah, I feel a responsibility <laughs> to write lyrics that have something to say. I, I can't write about bus stop boxers. I will right, not right. my lyrics and pop my music to get on U.S. commercial radio. You know, and I, I'm going to do it my way. Uh, and uh, if they buy it, they buy it. If they don't, they don't. But I'm not going to sell out. And and that's why I write songs like that. And I feel responsibility to do it. Because trust me, if I wanted to, I could write hits for Carolee Clarkson, but I don't want to. Right, right. Okay, well, with that being said, let's check out this other hit, Free Will, okay? Let's do it. All right, then. Hold on. All right, one of my personal favorites, and as Ben said, there was a toss-up in the beginning with if this was going to be the first single released. It's titled Free Will, so let's uh, take a listen, and we'll be back in a moment.
All right, welcome back to the Carrie Edelman Show, Free Will, the other hit that we played tonight by Ben Ray. So please check out a copy of their album, American Illusion, and go to venraytheband.com. Let's bring Ben back on so we can start wrapping up the show and uh, talking about some other uh, things that he wants to promote. All right, Ben, you're back. Awesome track. I love it. Thank you so much. I'm glad you enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah, really good stuff. So tell us a little bit about, I thought it would be interesting, <clears throat> my voice just cracked now, um, about who people compare you to, because I thought it was really funny when I was reading something online, because I'm a big fan of Howard Stern. So tell us uh, a little yeah, bit about of some that. of the, yeah, <laughs> I thought that would be an interesting uh, thing to pull in. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, I admire Howard Stern. I listen to him uh, mm-hmm. for quite a period of time, and, and I think he worked very hard. Uh, and, and has a tremendous amount of talent to get to where he, he is in life. Uh, of course, I'd, I'd rather you know be known for who I am, and I'd love it if someday someone walked up to him and said, "Ben Ray, can I have your autograph?" <laughs> but uh, you know, hopefully that will happen one day. We look very similar, although if you stand us next to each other, we really don't look very alike at all. But we have the same type of curly hair, uh, and so. And, and we both have some of the Jewish descent features, and so and he and, and I wear tinted glass sunglasses like he does. So I am mistaken for him virtually every day. Uh, living in Los wow. Angeles, I get a lot of it. And you know, since he got the TV show, it, it's gotten a bit worse. I mean, people <laughs> yell it out, walking through airports, stopped at red lights, have him pounding on the window of my car. So it's gotten kind of outrageous, and at times it's, it's annoying. Uh, but there's worse things in life other than to be confused with being Howard Stern. I think it's a good thing, and I make a lot of fans by telling them who I really am when they come up to talk to me. So it's That's it's not cool. a bad thing. No, no, I I mean I I think it's really cool, and I'm a big fan of his too. So, and like you said, he's worked really hard with where he is today, and I think you have some elements too in terms of you know you you persevered and and it took you some time but you're getting there and I think that's uh, I think that's an awesome thing. So well, I mean very uh, cool. uh, I admire him. Hopefully someday he'll he'll see fit to have me on a show and we could talk about it. I I'd look I'd look forward to uh, to that one day. Really that would be awesome. Well, did you ever I think you should ship your album to him. I honestly I was thinking about this last night cuz just listening to the type of music as you know from listening to him that he likes. I think he would really dig what you're doing because he's not someone who's into <sighs> necessarily the commercial kind of, you know, stuff that's the polished kind of slick music that's going on today. You should ship a copy. You never know with Howard Stern. I mean, if Howard Stern puts no, that's you on true. the show. I'm not saying that, you know, like, you know. If, you know, he hey. on the show and he, if he puts you on the show and plays something and really digs it and endorses it, you know, you're going to sell 300,000 albums. And uh, yeah, that that is the kind of power that changes careers. And I think Howard Stern's very careful about how he yields that. And so far, from what I have seen, in, in you know, in the years uh, that he's been successful and well known, uh, he tends to have uh, rock music people on his show who have hits out. Uh, right. I, I, I so I, I don't think that he would go in that particular direction. But you know, should we get uh, known well enough to where he could justify having me on his show? I think he will. He certainly knows who I am. He is well aware of uh, the situation. You know, he he knows exactly who uh, Stephen Beret and Van Ray and Van is, and 
he knows how much we look alike, and he knows of the confusion. I mean, I've had paparazzi take my picture coming out of restaurants, and you know, and it's gotten back to him. And he's he's very much aware of who I am, and clearly the world <laughs> knows knows who he is. So he's watching, and you know, when he feels the opportunity's right. Uh, for his show to have me, then I'm sure he'll make a call or have Gary Delavatsky make that call. But so far, it hasn't happened yet. And it may may not happen. And you know what, Howard, I love you. But if it doesn't happen, I can certainly live without it. Just keep buying my music, everybody. (laughs) There you go. There you go. All right, cool. So let's talk about uh, any upcoming shows you have that you want to plug, whether it's, you know, shows, tours, whatever is in the works for you guys. Well, as you know, you know, we just – we just finished touring with Slash. Uh, the last show was uh, July 25th at the House of Blues in Las Vegas. So we just came off the tour. Um, I am excited about our next show. It's in Los Angeles. It's Thursday night, uh, September 19th at the Roxy Theater next door to the famous Rainbow on Sunset Boulevard on the Strip in Hollywood. Nice. And uh, there's a very special night of rock that night. The 70s band who had some major hits on radio called The Babies, who broke up in 1981. Uh, They broke in 1973. They broke up in 1981. They have gotten back together with the three core original members, and they are going to play the first show live since 1981 with us that night. And so, gang, if you're listening to the radio, you definitely want to be at the Roxy. And you want to be there at 9 o'clock because we'll go on about 9.45 and the baby's after. And make sure you get some tickets because it will be sold out. Every show we've played in L.A. for the last year has been sold out, every single one of them. And this one I'm wow. sure will be, too. Congratulations. That's just amazing. Really cool. Thank you. Really cool, Steve. So that's great. So please also plug, you know, where people can find you. Again, your Facebook page, website, Twitter, any other air. Uh, you know, we're looking to tour again. We're in talks with several bands. We don't have anything booked, so I, I, I can't talk about it. But our fan page on Facebook is simply our name, you know, at facebook.com forward slash Venray, V-E-N-R-E-Z. And, of course, our website, Venray, V-E-N-R-E-Z, com. And thank you for plugging that before I came on the air with you. On mm-hmm. uh, Instagram, uh, we are Venray, V-E-N-R-E-Z. And on, on and on Twitter, we are Venray, V-E-N-R-E-Z, 21. Nice. Nice. Well, then it's been a pleasure having you on tonight and playing some of the tracks, promoting the album, and learning all about who Venray is, as well as you as a musician and your journey into uh, the industry. And again, as I said, please keep in touch with me. We'd love to have you back on in the future to promote the acoustic album. And I wish you much Thank continued you. success. Thank you so much. And uh, the last thing I'd like to say, you know, it's been a pleasure. And what I always like to end an interview with is thank you to all you fans out there. Without you, there is no career for us and there is no rock and roll. I think a lot of bands and artists forget that, but I will never forget that. Thank you so much for giving me the grace to be able to perform this art. Awesome. Thank you so much, Van. And please keep in touch and, uh, Please keep promoting the podcast, and we'll we'll get the listens up there for you guys to uh, spread the word more about who you are. All right? Absolutely. We'll get right on. I'll boot up the laptop as soon as I say goodbye. Okay. Thanks so much for coming on, Ben. Much continued success okay, to you and the band. Take care. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. Bye.
All right, everyone, that was Venray. If you tuned in a little late to the show, you can check out the podcast when it's over. And, again, please pick up a copy of their album, American Illusion, which is out now by visiting venraytheband.com. Next week, and, again, my show uh, changed to a new time. I'm doing 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern. It just works a little bit better with my schedule, and I know people like to watch TV, especially with football games and all that good stuff coming on. So 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern time next week, and that will be the, what is it, uh, 16th. We have Eve to Adam, the hard rock band coming on. They just put out a new album, so we're going to check that out next week. The following week, we have an amazing band coming on, a rock band called Willpowerless. And then after that, the following week on Monday, we have Serosia. But please become a fan of the Carrie Edelman Show on Facebook. That is where you can find all of the upcoming events, interviews, and more. And uh, follow me on Twitter at Carrie Edelman. If you follow me, I will follow you. And, again, I always love to keep in touch with people personally. So I have two Facebook pages. Um, unfortunately, one page is maxed out, so just find the page that isn't and uh, send me a request and it will be great to keep in touch with everyone. So thank you so much for the support, as Ben said. Without the fans out there and the people that support these shows that we do to help spread the word, we would not be here. So, again, I want to also say thank you to my fans and the people that support this show to help make it a success and uh, spread the word about all the amazing guests and artists that I have on my show. So have a great night, everyone. And, again, we'll be back next week, 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time, on Monday the 16th with the hard rock band Eve to Adam. Have a great night.